Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Agatha. Now, we don't often hear it, actually. Uh, it's not common to hear the Eucharistic prayer number one. We usually hear Eucharistic prayer number three on Sundays, uh, just because it seems to be like a nice medium length. Number one is kind of long and pretty elaborate, so lots of times priests, including this priest, we don't subject the people to that very often. So sometimes, like maybe on Holy Thursday and Easter Sunday and things like that, we use Eucharistic Prayer 1. But Eucharistic Prayer 1 is the is the prayer that's been in most continual use throughout the history of the Western Church, going back 1,500 years plus. And, uh, and from that time period, in that prayer, there's all these different saints that are listed. And one of them, there's, there's seven women that are talked about, uh, that are mentioned at least, I should say, and uh, including, so the Blessed Mother, of course, but then there's seven other female uh, saints. And one of them is St. Agatha, a very important saint in the history of the church. She's not very much thought about or known about today, but in terms of you know, the length of the history of the church, she was very, uh, very revered, very venerated. And um, she was a, a, a virgin martyr going all the way back to the uh, 3rd century. So she was uh, um, martyred under the persecution of the Emperor Decius uh, in the year about 250 and uh, on, on Sicily. So she's very associated with Sicilian culture. Okay, so if you go to Sicily to this day, St. Agatha, there's churches, everything's named Agatha, you know, so, so very, very connected to Sicily. And uh, part of her, the account of her martyrdom is very, it's, it's gruesome and it's weird, so I'm going to subject you, it's, it's, this is a, this is a select audience here, so, okay, all right, so I'm, uh, I want to like do this with maybe children in our presence here, all right, but part of, part of it was, you know, some, the gruesome part of her martyrdom was, is actually they, uh, they severed her breasts, they severed her breasts, okay, and uh, she's actually in more recent times, very interestingly enough, she now becomes the uh, patroness of breast cancer. Very interesting, okay? Because oftentimes during breast cancer, where the women have breast cancer, they have a mastectomy, okay? So uh, it's known to basically invoke her concerning breast cancer. And she's the patroness of many other issues, many other things too, childbirth and whatnot. Um, you know, reflecting on, well, for, let's look at the scriptures here, and then I'll go back to St. Agatha. Um, very neat here we have King Solomon and he brings the Ark of the Covenant into the temple and the glory of the Lord fills the temple and it's very, it's all this kind of drama and supernatural phenomenon taking place and it's, it's very wild. But all of the Old Testament texts we have to remember are always symbols that point forward towards truths that, that came to place and came to be established in the Christian era. And, uh, so, for the, the Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Mother, uh, we use this psalm. It's very neat. Uh, so it says, Lord, go up to the place of your rest. But it says, um, you and the ark of your majesty. So if we can understand the entrance of the, of, um, the ark into the temple as a kind of a symbol of Jesus' ascension into heaven, we, there's two things that are ascending. We say, you, Lord, go up to the place of your rest, you and the ark of your strength. And that, that ark is a type of Mary. So we have both Jesus and Mary in heaven, and that's what the, the idea of the assumption is. Mary is being assumed, taken up to heaven. She's participating in that the, um, the ascension of Jesus Christ in heaven. So both body and soul, Mary being taken up to heaven along with Jesus. So there's really only two 
um, human beings who currently right now are raised from the dead and are in heaven in a bodily form. That's Jesus and Mary. Jesus and Mary um, provide for us, the they are the ideal um, form of masculinity and femininity. Okay, the, They're the ideal. If you want to know what it is to be a man, you should look to Jesus. If you want to know what it is to be a woman, you should look to Mary. And, uh, you know, when I, I, so I go back to this, this account of St. Agatha having her, her breasts severed. And I think, oh my gosh, you know, that's got to be really tough for a woman. And I think to myself, you know, women who have to go through a mastectomy, that's, that's got to be very difficult, you know. That's got to be very difficult, I think. Um, it's almost like from a man's perspective, again, this is all, you know, I would, you know, this is not for children here, but, you know, from a man's perspective, it's like castration. I mean, you really feel like, oh my gosh, you know, something is, my masculinity is really, boom, it's gone. And I think the same thing would be a real threat to a woman's sense of her femininity to have her, her breasts removed. Um, but what we learn, I think, in this, in St. Agatha's ability to, to be chased, to, what was the idea was that the, the, basically these Roman nobles wanted to basically, you know, have their way with her and she kept refusing. She says, no, I'm, I've got a vow of virginity to, to Christ as my husband, so to speak. And, um, so then they're, they, tried to bring her to a brothel to corrupt her. It didn't work, all this kind of stuff. And they basically tortured her and killed her. And part of that was the, the cutting off of her breasts. And what I think what we see in here is that our, our masculinity and our femininity um, involves our bodies, but it goes deeper uh, than our bodies. And uh, it's really, it's not the case. It's very important to know, to say something like, to say, well, you know, our soul doesn't is like sexless. It's neither male nor female. It's really our, our masculinity and our femininity is just in our bodies. That, that's not really true. Okay, our our my masculinity goes to the core of who I am as a as a human person, and your you all the ladies here, your femininity goes to the core of who you are as a human person, including your soul. Okay, as well as your body. Um, nonetheless, the our masculinity and our femininity, uh, actually, because it's actually rooted in our soul, it does go deeper than our bodies. So we can, you know, unfortunately in this life we might be castrated or have our breasts removed, but that doesn't damage our masculine or feminine in a deeper sense. And we can look to Jesus to see that. And, you know, here's Jesus who was celibate and Mary who was virginal. Um, so there weren't, they didn't experience engaging in genital activity. Nonetheless, they were, this is a real man. This is a real woman. Okay? Because masculinity is about uh, strength. It's about strength of character. It's about protecting the weak uh, and defending and guiding and leading. Femininity is about nourishing. It's about feeding. Uh, it's about giving. It's about loving. So that those are that's the deeper reality of masculinity and femininity. It's rooted in our souls, and it's wonderful to have as a Christian to have that faith. That goes beyond this life and beyond this world. So even, for example, God forbid, you know, a woman should undergo a mastectomy. She she can say to herself, you know, I will be raised from the dead. My body will be whole. And beyond that, my femininity is, is deeper. I look to Mary as an example for it, and it's deeper. It's rooted in my soul. It will be restored. All of that will be restored, and we will be men. We will be women. Masculinity and femininity will shine forth in uh, the way that God intended them to shine forth for all eternity in the resurrection of the dead. And and Jesus and Mary now risen from the dead in glory in heaven. They are 
those are examples for us that have gone before us, and, and we'll see Saint Agatha uh, as well uh, in in eternity in glory and all her her beauty and her femininity shining forth. So, my brothers and sisters, just it's today is just a reflection to, to sense of you know we as as the human persons creating God's image, nothing is lost, and it's it's very deep. It's rooted in our soul. Um, our identities as men and women are rooted in our soul. They're, they're rooted in our character. And they're rooted ultimately as well in our faith uh, in God, in Christ, and in the Blessed Mother.